0: We're going to be talking about how the best place you'll ever be is in the presence of God. Amen? The best place you'll ever be is in the presence of God. We're going to be starting over here in the book of Luke, chapter 10, actually, chapter 10 this week. I know last week I said chapter 10, but I meant chapter 5. It happens. Just saying, we're not all perfect. Don't throw your stones or your Play Doh at me. Don't throw it. Don't throw it. We're actually reading out of Luke 10 today. All right. So Luke 10, if you have your Bibles, feel free to use them. Otherwise, it's all right. I'm going to read it for you. It's going to be fine. Luke 10, starting in verse 38 through 42, it says, Now as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she went up to him and said, Lord, Do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. There's a few different ways you can look at this passage of scripture, but one of the things that really sticks out to me here is that Martha was pretty upset because she was in the house doing all the things, trying to make the place look nice, look nice and pretty and do all this stuff, make it prepped and pristine and pretty for Jesus and his friends to have a nice meal or a good old fashioned hangout. And Mary was just sitting on her butt, crisscross applesauce in front of Jesus, just chilling just chilling in the living room, doing her own thing. And Martha's like, yo, I'm out here doing all the work. What is she doing? Get her in the kitchen, have her help me, Jesus. And Jesus is like, yo, Martha, chill. It's gonna be fine. Chill, chill, Martha, it's gonna be fine. And the reason why is because, like he said, Mary has chosen the good portion which will not be taken away from her. See, at this time, many people had heard about Jesus and who he was and what he could do for them. They had heard about this man who did miracles and did these amazing things. He was healing the oppressed. He was helping the sick. He was helping those in this time of this antiquity and they were actually able to rise up and actually make something of themselves and actually be better and live a life that was worth living and people did not like this but yet there were some people that were super stoked about it like Mary I have him in my home and she was like hey the Lord is in my home and I'm going to take advantage of this opportunity and be in his presence and hear from the Lord And Jesus took notice of this, recognizing the fact that Mary understood what a great opportunity she had to be in the presence of the Lord Jesus. Say his presence is the best place she'll ever be. Maybe you should say his presence is the best place I'll ever be, but it's fine. You guys get it. (laughs) It It's fine, it's all fine, you know, it's all good. It's fine to me, but let's pray. Let's get our hearts ready to receive tonight. Father God, we just thank you so much for this amazing, wonderful, awesome time that we have to come and learn and grow in you, Lord. We just thank you to have this awesome opportunity to be in your presence, God, to learn from you, to grow with you, to be challenged, to be provoked, to be corrected, to be pushed further in this walk with you, Lord. I just thank you for this amazing opportunity to learn from you, to hear from you help us in this time. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I love it so much because you guys are like, what is all this Play-Doh on the ice And for? And most of you have been doing pretty good and you haven't opened it. Jenny. I'm just kidding. No, it's fine, it's fine. I wanted to see, I was curious if I put it here, who would open it, who wouldn't? And and that's fine, that's all right, no big deal. I'm totally cool with it. If you want, you can go ahead and take it out if you'd like to, that's totally cool with me. I'm not gonna judge you. You can play with the Play-Doh, it is called Play-Doh. You can play with it, you can look at it, you can craft something. And what I would like you to do, if you would want to, if you would like to participate in this time, you're welcome to create something out of this Play-Doh. You're welcome to, to morph and shape something, if you will. And I, and I like how everyone has a different way of doing things. Oh my gosh. Yeah, this is like brand new Play-Doh. You really got to work it out of there. <laughs> there's, there's some Play-Doh up in there. I'm going to give you guys about 10 minutes to get your Play-Doh out. I'm just kidding. <laughs> We're going to take a brief 10-minute intermission while we all get our Play-Doh out of our Play-Doh cups here. How crazy would that be? Everyone take a break for 10 minutes and get your Play-Doh out. The thing about Play-Doh that's really cool is there's so much opportunity with Play-Doh. The the potential is endless here. You can really do with it whatever you want to do with it. You know what I mean? Like me, myself, I only have like a couple things that I can do with Play-Doh. I can make a ball. (laughs) I can make a snake. And I can make a snowman out of multiple balls you know what I mean like <laughs> you know what I mean and, and that's about the extent of it I, and if I try really hard I can actually make a cube and that's about it that's about it I know right that's the greatest of all oh she made a heart that's really good really good See, look at that. With some effort and some creativity, you can make some pretty cool stuff. And if you look around the room, everyone else has decided to make very different things. Some of you decided not to participate at all, and that's totally fine. That's exactly what you were allowed to do in this moment. Some of you just went basic and made a ball. No offense, I can do the same thing. That's probably what I would have defaulted to as well. Some of you guys are just going for it, making hearts and doing things. Isn't that interesting that whoever the Play-Doh is in hand with, whoever the one that has the Play-Doh is the one that decides Decides what the play becomes. The person that holds the play decides what they want to create it to be, how they want to shape it and make it into whatever it is, whatever their imagination would be. So say if Amanda made hers into a heart, but then decide, you know what, I'm going to give it to Nomad and see what he would do with it. Even though Amanda's vision was to make a heart, Nomad has no idea what Amanda's vision for the Plato would be. He might make his own thing. Right now, he is making something. He's trying to make a head. But... (laughs) Much like this life in God, much like just this life in your existence, we have been given this wonderful opportunity of life. And we've all been created for a purpose, on purpose, amen? God created with a purpose, on purpose, for a purpose, amen? So wouldn't it be good, wouldn't it be ideal for us to put our life in the hands of the one that created us? Wouldn't it be good for us to get in the presence of the one that created us so we know how to shape our life, how to mold ourselves more like him in his image? You know, Ephesians 2.10 says that we've been created a masterpiece in his sight through the work of Jesus Christ, predestined to do good works. And one of the things that's really been revelatory to me about that verse is it says that we've been predestined, but that doesn't mean that automatically we are going to do those works. It is our responsibility to get ourselves in the presence of our creator so we can then learn how to live this life with him. We can then learn what it means to be a light in this world, what it means to be loving to our neighbor, what it means to be patient and kind what it means to be courageous and bold, what it means to, to go and pray for the sick and help the oppressed, to cast out demons, if you will. I mean, I can go through the whole thing. We have to understand in order to operate in our highest and best purpose, we have to get with the one who purposed us, amen? Say his presence is the best place I will ever be. See, I corrected it. <laughs> I corrected it. And some of you might be saying, you know what? Hey, I understand. I have heard about all these things. I have heard that, you know, the whole Jeremiah 29, 11, you know, for I have plans for you, says the Lord, to give you a purpose, a hope, and an expected end. Like I know a lot of us have heard those verses before, or even one of my favorites, those of you that are new tonight, you'll probably learn very quickly that John ten ten is one of my favorite verses where it talks about how the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but Jesus has come to give us an abundant life. But in order to live that abundant life, Jesus had to do something for us. He had to restore us and put us in this place called righteousness. And Romans 5, 1 talks about how we've now been justified through the work of Jesus Christ. And another scripture that I'll say a lot, probably till the day I die, is 2 Corinthians five twenty one that Jesus became sin who knew no sin so that I might become the righteousness of God because of what Jesus has done on the cross, because of what God did by sending him to die for you, to put that sin upon himself, to go through all that shame, to go through all that condemnation, to go through all those things, we now have access to the presence of God. You now have access to the presence of God. And you don't have to wait for skin and bone, flesh Jesus to sit in your living room like Mary did. See, Mary lived at a different time. Jesus had not yet gone to be with the Lord. So she was like, Jesus is in my home right now. I need to be with him. I need to learn from him. I need to grow with him. And at that time, that's wonderful and that's great. But we have a better plan now. We have a better covenant. We have a better opportunity because of the work of Jesus. Now the Holy Spirit lives within us. And we have this access at any given moment. I don't know about you, but that gives me a lot of encouragement that as I'm living my life, as I'm in my school or as I'm at my workplace or as I'm just with my family or I'm out in the neighborhood, I can tap into the presence of God because of what he's done for me. When I'm confused or I don't know what to do, I can get in his presence and then I can tap into peace and then I can get confident in who he's created me to be. You see, Mary a lot of scholars talk about, you know, who, who Mary and Martha are, and, and some scholars believe that, that Mary is potentially the woman that was caught in adultery. Now, for those of you that don't know, uh, that's in John 8, and you can go back and read for yourself, but this was a woman that was drugged into the street, and she had been caught in adultery, meaning like she was legit in the act of sin, and she was caught, and she's brought into this, this situation, yet Jesus then saw her in this time. And he extended her mercy when others did not. Now, again, this is what scholars have tried to research and tried to pinpoint. But but even then, this this was a great redemption moment for that Mary. And even in this time, this Mary recognized the opportunity to be with the Savior, to be with the Lord. And it says that that she was there learning and listening to his teaching. He was talking about how to live life how to live out what she's been purposed for. When we get in the presence of God, we learn what we have been purposed for. We learn how to conduct ourselves regularly. And that's why it's so vital that we don't take this access for granted, amen? Over here in Matthew six, verses 25 through 34, this is talking about seeking the kingdom of God. And it's over here and it says, This is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food? And your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to Him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing, yet Solomon in all of his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for the wildflowers that are here today and thrown in the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have little faith? So don't worry about these things saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly father knows all your needs. Say he knows all my needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. Don't worry about tomorrow for tomorrow brings its own worries for today's trouble is enough for today. When we seek after God, we pursue him and we pursue our time with him and we pursue what he's asked us to do, but not only that, also pursue just being in his presence. It is there that we receive from him. What does Matthew 11 says is, come to me, all of you that are weary, come to me, all of you that are heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Take what I have for you upon you. Jesus is saying, don't, don't worry about these other things. Don't worry about the clothes. Don't worry about the job. Don't worry about the school. Don't worry about the girl. Don't worry about the guy, pursue me. And all these things that you think about and that you meditate on, that you desire for your life, they will come to pass. You know, the Bible does talk about that he will reward those that diligently seek him, but it also talks about those that delight themselves in the Lord. He will give them the desires of their heart. So maybe there are things that you do desire. There's nothing wrong with wanting that good job. There's nothing wrong with wanting to have a pretty wife. There's nothing wrong with wanting to have a guy that smells good, you know, whatever. I don't really know what it looks like for you. There's nothing wrong with those things. Those are great, amazing things. It's okay to have the cool car. It's okay to have the big house as long as it doesn't have you. His presence is the priority. The relationship with God is what matters most. As we pursue him, as we seek after him, as we spend time with him, that's when our purpose is revealed. That's when our needs are met, amen? It says Psalms 11.7 out of the ESV. It says, for the Lord is righteous. He loves righteous deeds. The upright shall behold his face. Those that are righteousness, those that live out of their righteousness, those that live out of that position, they have audience with God. When you pray, he hears you. When you're scared, he's there to protect you. When you're weak, he's there to be strong for you. When you lack, he's there to provide. You have audience with him because you're righteous in him, amen? Psalm 16, says, you show me the way of life, granting me the joy of your presence and the pleasures of living with you forever. You show me the way of life. Here, John 14, six talks about how Jesus is the way, the truth and the life and no one comes to the father except through him. No one has access to the Father except through Jesus. And it's in that time that we actually learn what it's like to actually live out the way, to live out the truth, which ultimately leads to the good life, the abundant life, the highest and best life. You know, you can dream of being a doctor. You can dream of being a sports star. You can dream of being a streamer. I don't know what it looks like for you. You can dream of all those things, but the highest and best version of that is found in him. And following after what he asks you to do. We can only do so much in our own strength. But God, the one that created me, the one that created you, he has all the supplies that we need. He has what you need. And it's found in his presence. Amen? James 4.8, out of the ESV, it says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded See, I love that about God is that we're not perfect and he understands that. But as we move towards Jesus, he actually ends up perfecting our imperfection. He helps us in this process of sanctification. Yes, we might mess up. Yes, we might fall short, but he's the one that helps make up the difference. He's the one that shows us how to do it a better way. He's the one that offers forgiveness and then shows us how to get back out there and try again. But we have to draw near to him and he in return will draw near to us. He will cleanse us and help pure us of this double-mindedness. I don't wanna live for myself and also try to live for Jesus. We can't be double-minded. We either gotta live one or the other. You know, earlier on in Matthew six, it says you can only serve one master. If you try to serve two, you will love one and hate the other. So it's best that we follow after the one who created us. You know, much like this Plato, that's a sword, that's really awesome, I like that, that's really nice. (laughs) Careful with that. (laughs) But he is the one that knows what our life's supposed to look like. We can try our very best I can do my very best like Dean and try to make a sword, but I will never make a sword as good as that. And that's not even that great, no offense, it's pretty good, it's awesome, it's really good, but I wouldn't trust it in a sword fight. (laughs) But what I'm saying is like, I would never be able to do that because that was Dean's vision. That's what Dean knew how to make. Cody didn't have that, I don't got that. I could try all day long, but it'll never look like that. But Dean knew, and that's what God says about us. We can try our very best all day, very long, and it will never work up. It'll never measure up to what God can do for you. Amen? Last scripture for you guys. 2 Corinthians 3, 17 through 18. It says, now the Lord is spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of God, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another, for this comes from the Lord who is spirit where the spirit of the lord is there's liberty where his presence is there is liberty we can be open and real and honest with our god that hey i don't know what i'm doing I don't know how to do this. And how freeing is that that in this society of where we're supposed to make something of ourselves and we're supposed to grind and put our head down and just try to make it work that we no longer have to put that pressure on ourselves that when we get in the presence of God, there's this freedom and that bondage can be released off of us and then we can be transformed into the image that he created us to be in. There's freedom in his presence. There is growth in his presence. There is peace in his presence. There is rest in his presence. And the best thing that's in his presence is his love. Amen. God loves you so very much. God cares for you so very much and he wants a relationship with you. He wants to have audience with you. He wants to help you in this life but we must first allow him to have his hand on our life. Amen? Let's bow our heads and pray. Father God, I just thank you for this great, awesome time that we've had together, Lord. I pray that you've stretched us, that you've challenged us, Father God, that you've told us a better way of doing things and you've highlighted the necessity of your presence, Lord. I pray that as we leave these four walls tonight, that you encourage us how easy it can be to tap into your presence, God. That we don't have to wait for this room. We don't have to wait for a Wednesday night service. We don't have to wait for a Sunday morning worship service. We don't have to wait for the worship song to come on or whatever it is, God. We can access you at any time, any day. I thank you, Lord, for giving us access to you, giving us audience with you. Lord, I pray for every single person in this room tonight that you give them the courage to get in your presence, to take advantage of this amazing privilege and opportunity to have relationship with you and engage with you in a completely new way than ever before. We thank you for it, Lord, in Jesus' name.